Coast 104.5, up and Adam in the morning. Good day to you on the phone, Dr. Rene Bravo. He is, uh, I love the way he puts things in. It's just, a, it's great, it's conversational, and it's just certainly good to have a smart person in the room for a minute. Uh, Dr. Bravo, did you, <laughs> did you have a good weekend, my man? How are you? I, I did. I had a great weekend. It was nice. It was relaxing, but man, back to work. On Monday, and uh, to be honest with you, I think it's going to be a good week too. You know what? I'm feeling it too. We, are, I was talking to John Lindsay last week. We are past the halfway point of our rainy season, and just now starting to get some wet weather, which is well needed, right? Absolutely. You know, it's kind of interesting. Uh, we're about to get a real dumper of a, of a storm. You know, love John Lindsay, man. That that guy is like the, the weather's man, weatherman. I'll tell exactly. you exactly. And he, he really is. He's he's right on. But it's, it, but at the same time, you know, I heard this morning at least all the media blasts on the fact that the governor is going to release or, or lift the the uh, the rule on outdoor dining, so restaurants will be able to serve again outdoors and get those things going. At the same time, we got this big storm coming, so I thought, oh, but I'll take it, I'll take it. You know, anything we get to get some of these guys in, in there to, to help these people survive is is, is I think. A blessing. So, what has been your professional opinion on this? I listened to a lady named Monica Gandhi. She is a uh, infectious disease expert and epidemiologist from uh, UC San Francisco, and yeah. she actually worried that perhaps not letting people eat outdoors made these numbers go higher. You know, I think there's there, there's some possible validity to that because. There, you know, everybody has a little bit of a rebel in them. I've noticed that human nature. Yeah. People kind of like kind of like to push against it. I think most of us hopefully uh, grow up out of our teenage years, but you know that teen life still lingers in a lot of people, and so they kind of want to do the opposite of what quote the authority tells them. And in this case, you know, I think it's it's not a good it's not a good thing. But you know what? I understood exactly what they were trying to do. You know, they they, they were they were fearing that if people were allowed to go back in, inside, you know, that all of this surge or increase in coronavirus infections that we were seeing would be augmented. And so they did that. Um, I think that uh, it, it was unfortunate. I mean, in retrospect, did it make a difference? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say. Knows. I mean, we do know that yeah. the number one vector is the home, and yeah. the and there's not a lot of proof that outdoor eating causes COVID to spread, you know, crazy. So it seems like if you're sending everybody back home to gather, it, it feels like this this may happen. I guess we, well, we might not know, but what do you think? Well, you know, what was interesting to me is that even though they, quote, closed outdoor eating, I felt the safest in that environment for sure, and we were blessed in California to be able to do that. You know, um, I, I never felt that it was a significant risk to me personally right. um, because of the air, the you know, all, all of the factors in virology that speak against an outdoor transmission. But they can't they can't um, they can't be sure for sure. So that's why what they went in that direction. But I'll, I'll tell you, I feel that that's going to be a good move in terms of people morale, because um, the morale has been dark for a while mm -hmm. here. And I feel we're, we're, we're that any news right now on the positive. Now we got the vaccine going. Um, things are going to be opening up again. And you know what? Even if we see a little bit of an increase in, in virus, we got this vaccine rolling out now. We're not 
completely helpless against this thing now. Yeah, let's talk about the vaccine. Um, yeah. You know, we're kind of fluctuating, but the California has remained one of the slower states in its ability to efficiently give this out. I read an article. There was a Chick-fil-A manager in South Carolina who literally helped this town and their long lines of the vaccine. Why is California, uh, you know, 49, 50th, kind of bouncing really at the bottom? You know, I, 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 I'll, I'll give you my opinion on this. I think because we're, 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 not, we're not a state, we're a mini-nation. Yeah. I mean, we have so many people here in California. I mean, if you're a state with, with three or four or five million people, I mean, there are counties in, in Southern California that are bigger than many American states. But that all being said, I mean, it's just it's the way it is right now. Um, is, it, is California more bureaucratic than other states? I would venture to say yes, if everything else. I, I think anybody experiences that out there. All you have to do is stand in line, you know, at the office across the street from mine, trying to get your car registered. I mean, there's a lot of bureaucracy. But um, the COVID vaccine, I hopefully that will get better. I'll tell you what I'm doing personally. I mean, I've been looking at the, uh, I, I've been looking at the requirements to administer, to receive and administer the vaccine. The California Department of Public Health is now. Um, licensing offices and pharmacies to do it but it's voluntary and so i went to the website uh i was directed there by the health department public health has been really good they i'll tell you the average response time for me from public health is minutes i mean they really are responding yeah email and something they get back to me within minutes sometimes but um they they uh they, they sent me to public health in sacramento and i got the form downloaded it is long and it is detailed but it's rolling out, running out. They're running out of slots. That I understand. They're running out. They, they, as soon as they uh, get up appointment times, they fill up. So people, the demand is increasing. I'm feeling for public health, there, but because actually we need to roll this out all over the place. Pharmacies need to start giving it. Um, doctors' offices, anywhere right. can get this. You know, I, I I saw Walmart giving it in some of the states in the Midwest, um, and. Uh, but California needs to kind of, you know, get her act together in that regard, too. So we got Dr. Renee Bravo on the phone. We're going to come back. I have a real life situational thing I want to run by. You down to stay on for a minute? I, I can't. No problem. Perfect. It's Coast 104.5. It is Up and Adam in the morning. Up and Adam in the morning. Up and Adam in the morning. Coast 104.5, Up and Adam in the morning. Dr. Renee Bravo, we are talking COVID, a, a great conversation. Um, if you miss it, we'll post it that he he kind of uh, waxed on as far as the vaccine. All right, I have a real-life situation I want to bounce off you. I know you will sure. give it to me straight. And I know that there. I am not the only one with things like this and decisions to be made. My dad is turning 75 this weekend. He lives in Vegas, but he's out. He's been out for about a month at my sister's house in Southern California. So I've been not going out or doing much with hoping with hopes that he could come up, maybe stay up here a day or two. Um, just because I haven't seen him in a while. And my sister's like, Hey, come back down. When you, when you drive him down, we're going to do like a thing for him, you know, for his 75th birthday. Now she's got, you know, four or five kids, three of them got boyfriend, girlfriends. One of them's married with a kid. There could potentially be 10, 11 people at my sister's house in a several different households. My dad's 75. Now my dad, like I mentioned last time on the phone with you, my dad is like, look, I, and he's got COPD too, but he's like, look, I'm not going to let this thing run my life. He's not acting like there's no virus, but you know, he's been staying with my sister a month. There's not much he can do. Um, but you know, do we go down there? 
for this gathering of his 75th. He turned 75 one time. What, wow. do, what do I do? Oh, tough one. I know. Yeah, I, I faced that one myself. I'll tell you. Um, first of all, it's risky. You, you got You just got to say it. Especially in Southern California right now, it's risky. Mm-hmm. Second, he's 75. Get him that vaccine. He, he, he's, he's, uh, he's eligible now. Uh, because of his age, wherever you can get it, there's a lot more opportunities in SoCal to do it. Yeah. Third, um, we do have the, I mean, as much as I absolutely loathe Zoom right now, um, you, you know, I mean, it, 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 I have to use toothpicks to keep my eyes open sometimes at some of these Zoom meetings. Right. But, um, <laughs> uh, but the, uh, you know, you can utilize that at least to maintain some connection. But I, I think it's risky, Adam. It really is. We, we have COPD and he's 75 years of age. Um, you mean, there's a, I've seen people do creative sorts of things, too. I mean, limit the, you know, the, the, the higher risk spreaders are going to be the younger people. You know that. Um, the kids, yeah. they, they, they certainly have a higher frequency of not showing any, any, any uh, symptoms. I mean, one of the things you could do is... is Find rapid a rapid COVID test uh, and get it done. You know the day of that you visit them or the day before you visit them. Fifteen minute test can do that, um, and, you, and then and then you'll know at least at that moment that that you're that theoretically you're not spreading. And those are not foolproof, incidentally, right? But they at least give you some guidance. That's one thing you can do. Now, if he's going to be doing this, if he's going to be doing this anyways, am I taking the test? I mean, is if I mean, obviously, I don't want him to get it, but he's going to be down there with my sister and all these people, anyways. Yeah. Should I be worried about me getting it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. That, that's where a, a lot of the big outbreaks have occurred in family settings like right, this, and right. so yeah, I think it's really risky. So I mean, you know, we've had we've had to face we face this decision at Thanksgiving, at Christmas, we face these sorts of decisions. Um, you know, and and people go ahead and they you know they they roll the dice and go, um, and so that a lot of people will do that. But nowadays, you know, now we got the vaccine there. I mean, for seventy fifth birthday, get him a get him at least the first dose. Yeah, you um, know what? Good thinking, huh? Great point. Yeah, yeah, and then and, and and then and then get get people tested if they really I mean, if they really want to be super safe. But it is, you know, I mean, like I say, it is it is a tough call. It is. Um, yeah, and I feel I, like I, I'm I, way more on the conscientious side of things than say like my sister and like my nieces and nephews. I think they're a little bit more yeah. like, "Oh, come on, Adam, don't give me that." And it's like, you know, and then I then I end up looking like I'm the the cornball, you know. So it's like, well, yeah, every family, ha- you know, if you're gonna because of the family, you have I call it the the family bell curve. You have on both extremes and in the center, yeah. And so you're, you're gonna you're just gonna deal with that that dynamic too. I mean, either you're either too conservative or you throw caution to the wind. So, I mean, that's that's just a, a personal thing. But I'll tell you, this is how I was always advising people. Think about the worst case scenario and how everybody would feel if that evolved. And 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 you know, once that, it, it, and, and can you deal with that? That's the key. Um, because it's not just the health of the of the most the risky person in the situation. But it's also these things can blow up a family if it goes sideways. Yeah, um, so that's, that's a great point. Helps. That's a great yep. point. Um, we're going to come back. I want to ask you about this "let them play" movement. Stick yeah. around one more second. Sure. Uh, we got Doctor Renee Bravo here. It is Coast one hundred four point five. It's up and Adam in the morning. Coast one hundred four point five. Up and Adam in the morning. Our final segment with Doctor Renee Bravo. Thank you first for spending so much time with us this morning, uh, Doctor Bravo. Really appreciate you, my man. 
Oh, happy to do it. Happy to do it. I want to talk about this let them play movement. I am so, I feel so, I mean, look, there was a story over the weekend, uh, Kyrie Irving, NBA, uh, he's back now. They had a big game and he was going to switch jerseys and give a hug to an opposing player. And literally security broke them up before they did it. You know, they, they sweated 45 minutes on each other and now they can't hug and, and switch jerseys. And I do feel for a lot of these young men and women who, uh, kids who are want to get back into sports outside, this let them play movement is gaining some steam, especially locally. What do you think about it? And what are the feelings about should our, our youngsters, should we be letting them play now? You know, I, I would tell you this. I have never in my professional career seen so much childhood and teenage depression, anxiety, angst, um, just dysfunction right now as these kids have been isolated. You, you put the athletes into that too and it even gets worse because so much of their identity and their and their effort has been has been generated has been placed into their sports that's their life and this let them play movement is really i support it you know they've got to, the parents feel like they don't have a voice in many of these in many of of these decisions and right now until um, the, the pro athletes are doing it right now college athletes are doing it right now but i'll tell you what these kids, they deserve the chance in their junior, senior years, especially, to get out there and to play their sport. I think it's, I think it's very important for them psychologically. You talk about the coronavirus, the spread of the virus, the risk, et cetera. Absolutely, those are factors, and they need to be considered. But these kids need to be a ch- allowed in a safe environment a chance to play again. I, I think it'll help yeah. because we're overwhelming the system with a lot of mental health issues at that level. I mean, you're a pediatrician, correct? Yes, I think we're. And you could expand on this for you know the next minute that we got here, but I feel we're yet to see the effect of the distance learning, the not getting out there on these oh. young men and women. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you, the effects of this virus are going to last a long time. It's going to reverberate for years afterwards, and in some cases, I think the the risk of how we're dealing with the virus, the harm, is potentially greater than the virus itself because. There's a lot of issues, especially in an age group at which it doesn't seem to be a big, a big exactly. uh, a, yeah. a risk. So anyhow, no, I think we need to really look at this and listen to these parents and do what we can to safely get them back in play. Dr. Rene Bravo gives it to us straight. I absolutely love when I get a chance to talk to you. Thank you for letting me text you and bother you and bug you and bring you on the air. I really appreciate your time <laughs> and, to do it. and expertise, my man. Have a great week. All right, thank you. All right, bye-bye now. Dr. Renee Bravo, thank you so much, sir, for being up and at him in the morning. We'll do some entertainment news coming up next. It's Coast 104.5, Up and at him in the morning. Up and at him in the morning. Up and at him in the morning.